Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Vikings the Viking Age. Um, all right. On today's show, it's just me. Just me and you. We're going to go over the Vikings' big road win over the Chargers, some positives and negatives from the loss, and maybe take a bit of a look ahead to what the Vikings have coming up on their schedule. Okay, so let's just get right into the recap of the Vikings' big Week 10 victory over the Chargers. Okay, so the game got off to a pretty slow start for both the Vikings and Chargers. Both teams failed to score any points on their first two offensive drives of the matchup, despite the Vikings getting a big 45-yard punt return from D.D. Westbrook, and the Chargers even forced and recovered a Kirk Cousins fumble three plays later. Minnesota finally got some points on the board early in the second quarter when Greg Joseph capped a 10-play 59-yard drive with a 46-yard field goal. The Vikings and Chargers then traded field goals on their next two offensive drives, making the score 6-3 to with about 6.5 minutes left in the second quarter. So following Greg Joseph's second field goal, the Chargers got the ball on their own 12-yard line. On the Chargers' very first play of this drive, L.A. quarterback Justin Herbert fired a pass intended for Keenan Allen, but Vikings linebacker Eric Kendricks had other plans. Justin Herbert, lots of time this time, throwing over the middle, Kendricks diving for it, he's got the pick! After Kendricks' interception, the Vikings found themselves in great field position. Six plays later, Minnesota scored the first touchdown of the game when Kirk Cousins fired a laser of a pass over the middle to tight end Tyler Conklin for a five-yard score. Cousins over the middle, oh, a dart into the end zone, Tyler Conklin! It just lodged in his arms for the touchdown. L.A. ended up responding with a touchdown of their own on their very next offensive drive, and the two teams went into the locker room at the half with the Vikings leading 13-10. The Chargers then got the ball first to start the second half, and they marched right down the field to score their second touchdown of the afternoon to go up 17-13. But two drives later... The Vikings responded with a nine-play, 66-yard drive that ended with Tyler Conklin catching his second touchdown of the afternoon to put Minnesota back up 20-17. Fourth and goal. Cousins under pressure. Throws for the back of the end zone. It's caught. Touchdown! It hung in the air for what seemed like forever, and Tyler Conklin ran under it for six. After the Chargers did nothing on their next offensive drive, 
the Vikings got the ball back and proceeded to drive 68 yards down the field in 12 plays. The drive ended with Dalvin Cook muscling the ball across the goal line from one yard out to increase the Vikings' lead to 27-17. On first down, Cook again, driving to the goal line. This time leans across for the touchdown. Following the Dalvin Cook touchdown, the Chargers only managed to get a field goal on their next offensive drive, and they needed to make a stop if they were going to have any hope of tying up the score. So with a 27-20 lead, the Vikings offense marched back out on the field with the hopes of running the clock out and getting a win. With about two and a half minutes left in the game, the Vikings found themselves in a 4th and 2 situation on the Chargers 36 yard line. The Vikings could either try to get a first down or they could attempt a field goal and risk the chance of the Chargers getting the ball back and tying up the score. Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer wasn't interested in taking any chances so he decided to go for the win and Delvin Cook delivered with a four yard run that gave the Vikings the first down and the win over the Chargers. Toss play, Dalvin Cook to the edge. He's got the first down. The Vikings walk off the field with their fourth win of the season by defeating the Chargers by a final score of 27 to 20. All right, let's take a look at some positives and negatives from this matchup i think positives we'll do first since the vikings won we will do that first let's talk about mike zimmer mike zimmer going forward on fourth down there in the fourth quarter this is not something i guess people have maybe become accustomed to when it comes to mike zimmer most just assume that he's the conservative type he would have probably gone for the field goal there but let's let's think about last year back to the seahawks game in 2020 Alexander Madison, fourth down two. Mike Zimmer's going for the win. He wants to get the win. The Vikings didn't convert on that fourth and two, but this year they did, and it turned out to be good for the Vikings as they got the win. So that was a good decision by Mike Zimmer. Also, great defensive game plan from Mike Zimmer. He had no Daniil Hunter, no Harrison Smith, no Patrick Peterson, no Anthony Barr, or no Michael Pierce. And the Vikings held you know, a pretty potent Chargers offense to, you know, under 300 yards. Uh, Justin Herbert had under 200 yards passing. So it was a great defensive game plan from Mike Zimmer, you know, just showing that he still, you know, has got what it takes to, to go up against some of the top offenses in the NFL today. Then, of course, as a positive, yeah, we have to mention Justin Jefferson, Vikings second year receiver, finished with nine catches for 143 yards on Sunday, which included a couple of of highlight real receptions. The guy throwing him the ball, Kirk Cousins, uh, he deserves some praise for finally looking down the field and targeting Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen more than, you know, a handful of times during the game. They actually were targeted 18 times on Sunday against the Chargers, so hopefully that is something that keeps up, you know, moving forward for the Vikings. Uh, we got We got to mention Eric Kendricks, this guy is just, he's the glue that holds the Vikings defense together. I, I, I believe Mark Sanchez, uh, one of the announcers on the Fox broadcast, said something similar, and, and he's completely right. You know, Eric Kendricks is the guy that keeps this defense rolling. You know, we saw last year in 2020 
when he got hurt and how the defense pretty much just crumbled after he was gone. He's playing at an all-pro level this year. He had that great interception. He's all over the field making plays. Um, just a great game from Eric Hendricks, and he's just having a great season uh, for the Vikings this, this year. Tyler Conklin had two touchdown catches. He's turning into a favorite target of Kirk Cousins. He did not lead the team in receptions this week, luckily, uh, but he still did, you know, made some huge plays, Got had those two scores. Uh, it seems like he's turning into a maybe a red zone target, which which was would be good for the Vikings to have, another way to, to use him. And, you know, he's at more and more each week he's starting to make the opposing defense respect him. You know, they, they have to pay attention to him when he's, on the field because one, Kirk Cousins, he's going to look for him. And two, he's shown the ability to just come up with pretty much everything thrown his way. I, I don't remember. I can't think of too many times a season where Conklin's dropped a pass. So, you know, Tyler Conklin's having himself a good season filling in for, for Irv Smith Jr. We got to talk about D.D. Westbrook. He's been struggling pretty much the majority of the, the season as, as far as punt returns go. He hasn't really been involved in the offense, but he hasn't really done much in the punt return game that changed on Sunday at that big 45 yard return uh, would have been nice for the Vikings to turn that into points they were not able to do that because Kirk Cousins fumbled on the next drive but you know that's a good sign for D.D. Westbrook and another way that the Vikings can you know gain some yardage down the field if, if Westbrook can vi- provide them with some decent returns each week that's that's huge for the Vikings we gotta mention Cameron Bynum the rookie safety filling in for Harrison Smith for the second straight week. He did good again. He did great, you know, in the week before against the Ravens, getting that interception. Uh, and this week he got his first career sack. You know, he did he did well. He did he did well. And um I think the Vikings can feel good maybe about having a pairing next year of Harrison Smith and Cameron Bynum uh in the secondary assuming that Xavier Woods will go somewhere else after his one-year deal runs out. And I think, you know, we got to mention Mason Cole, mostly because he hasn't been mentioned. Uh, He's been filling in at center for Garrett Bradbury while Bradbury's on the COVID list. Mason Cole, you know, we haven't heard about him getting pushed into Kirk Cousins, giving up pressure or anything like that. Mason Cole has been solid filling in for Garrett Bradbury. And Mike Zimmer said in his press conference on Monday that there have been conversations about, you know, continuing on with Mason Cole as a starter. We will see if that, you know, remains true. Hopefully it does. You know, the Vikings shouldn't care too much about where guys are drafted. If Mason Cole's the better option for them at center, then he's the better option. Don't don't give the job back to Bradbury because he's a first round pick. Don't do that. That's not gonna help anybody. Um and lastly we gotta mention Greg Joseph. He made all of his kicks all of extra points for the third game in a row. Kind of gone under the radar. Um, he hasn't missed a kick since week six versus Carolina. So he made all his kicks again on Sunday. And it seems like he's moved on, you know, past that uh, disappointing miss that he had against the Cardinals earlier in the year. Let's move on to some negatives. There weren't many, but there were some we got to talk about. We got to talk about the penalties. 10 penalties for 118 yards. You know, it didn't turn out to be, you know, something that caused the Vikings to lose the game against the Chargers. But against a team that's able to capitalize better on their mistakes, that 
you cannot do that. You cannot have 10 penalties for over 100 yards. I believe this is the third time, maybe the fourth time this season that the Vikings have had more than 90 yards of penalties. That is that is not acceptable. And a lot of that is because of this next guy I'm going to talk about, Ali Udo, the guy who is starting at right guard for the Vikings. Uh, he had two penalties on Sunday. He's got 11 penalties on the year. He's had eight penalties in the Vikings' last four games. There isn't anyone else the Vikings can can put out there right now. Ali Udo is, is, they think, the best guy they can put out there at right guard. You know, we saw Blake Brandle go out there for a little bit uh, recently when Ali Udo got hurt. Um, Wyatt Davis, apparently he's in the doghouse because he's just not doing anything. I know he's a rookie, but, like, we've seen... Mason Cole go in there and do a better job than Garrett Bradbury. Let's maybe give somebody else a shot at right guard because Udo's just a penalty machine and he's not that good at blocking really either. So I don't I don't understand why he's being kept out there out there. But you know, this is the same pretty much the same coaching staff that kept Dakota Dozier out on the field for sixteen games at, at right guard last year. So let's not think they know really what they're doing when it comes to offensive line. Nah, I yeah, I don't have any faith in it in them when it comes to the Vikings on the offensive line. So, uh, lastly, I want want to mention KJ Osborne. Not really a negative. He didn't play bad, but he only had one target. He didn't have any catches. He's only had three catches for thirty yards in the last three games since since the bye, since the Vikings returned from the bye. Uh, he had a good start to the season and seemed like he was going to be involved in the offense. And then CJ Ham and Tyler Conklin kind of took over that role as maybe like the third option in, in the Vikings pass game. I don't know why. Uh, KJ Osborne, I felt like he proved that he is capable of being that number three option in, in the Vikings passing game, but maybe the Vikings feel differently. But, um, you know, they got Jefferson more involved. They got Thielen more involved this week, you know, Let's move on to next week and, and maybe get Osborne more involved. That's another weapon that, that they have in their offense that they could benefit from, you know, involving more because he's a he's a good player. So that's it from uh, this this week's game, week ten. The Vikings got the win over the Chargers. They're now four and five, and uh, next week the Vikings will take on the Green Bay Packers at noon central time inside US Bank Stadium. The Packers are 8 and 2. They just got a 17 and nothing win over Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. However, Packers running back Aaron Jones suffered a knee injury during the game and he will not be playing against the Vikings next weekend. So that feels like a pretty good break uh, for the Vikings because Aaron Jones has, has had some pretty good games of, against the Vikings in the past. So um, you know, but at the same time, the Vikings should not be underestimating AJ AJ Dillon. This feels like a game where you know they underestimate him and he has a big game. So let's let's not do that, Vikings. Um, and of course, Aaron Rodgers, he uh, is always someone to worry about. And Devontae Adams, he's he's had great games against the Vikings too. So. Still plenty of people to worry about uh, on the Packers' offense, and their defense is playing pretty well. 
this year recently. I mean, they just shut out the Seahawks, but and I don't know how much to make of that because Russell Wilson didn't look like himself. Um, Anthony Barr and Harris Smith could both be back on the field for this game. Uh, and we could also see the return of Patrick Peterson. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. He's dealing with a hamstring injury, went on injured reserve. He only had to miss three games, and this would be the fourth. So he, he is eligible to return. So we'll see if that happens. A win over the Packers would give the Vikings a 5-5 five and five record. It would put them right back in the hunt for a playoff spot with seven games left to go. It, it would be a big win, not only for their playoff chances, but, you know, to potentially stay in the hunt to win the NFC North. It seems like a long shot right now, but there's a lot of... Seven games is a long way to go in the NFL, especially end of the year. Things get weird. Um, I mean, Minnesota proved a lot of people wrong with their win over the Chargers on Sunday. Uh, will they be able to keep it up and get another big win over the Packers in Week 11? We will have to wait and see because that is it for today's show. Make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook Subscribe to the Viking Age podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.